Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Okay, people, I have a special guest today. Britt Barron is here with me to talk to you today about everything from race, diversity, taboo, her new book that is coming out, um, and just... <laughs> woo, woo. I just it's, scared for myself before but you it's even so exciting. <laughs> so of course, right? I know I've been on the edge of my seat. I already ordered it, so I'm just waiting for it to show up. Um, yes. But we're just wanting people to be able to like eavesdrop on a conversation between two people trying to like live, live okay, <laughs> if into these spaces. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So the best description. <laughs> Okay, Britt, introduce yourself better than what I just said, please. Oh, okay. I don't know if it gets better than that, <laughs> but um, <laughs> my name is Britt Barron. Everyone calls sure. me Beans. Um, yeah, and I am, yeah, like Elise said, I'm passionate about living okay-ish um, as best <laughs> I can, as often as I can. Um, and I'm really excited. I have a book coming out. Um, you can pre-order it now. Um, where I share just a lot of stories about, I don't know, the reality that life is just hard sometimes. It's hard to try to become the person that everyone wants you to be. Um, And it's hard to be the person you want to be. But one one heart is worth it. So that's that's where I'm coming from today. I love it. So specifically, one heart is worth it. Also, they're going to find that on Amazon. That's right. Yep. Yep. You can find that on Amazon. Worth it. Brit Baron, gorgeous cover. Also, yes, that was oh, my wife is a genius, a yeah, creative genius. That's perfect. So. I hope people judge the book by its <laughs> cover. I literally, it's so. <laughs> that's what I want people to do. It's true. It's well, it's yellow, and that's very happy. And I for sure want to reach toward it. I'm looking at the image, like I'm going to hold that. Yes. So, yeah. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. I want to take it out to a park. Yeah, in the I sunshine. Mean, even if you buy it just for the aesthetic, I'm okay. okay with All right, that. it's good. That's good. Um, just yeah. frame it. I'll frame the desk cover. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, what about, what's your work look like specifically? Like, what space are you in in, in this time and moment? Um, yeah. So, all over, I'm in some spaces. Uh, speaking, writing. Well, now writing has turned into marketing. That's the funny thing about writing a book. Um, <laughs> You you write and then you become a, like a marketer for yourself. So bizarre. And your book. So weird. Um, right? You're like, can someone else do this? It's yeah. I'm like, okay, great. It's like such a solo yeah. process, and now it's like an everyone process, which is which is fun, and uh, I'm excited. But still writing and working on um, some new cool. things, even uh, working on a few digital yep, courses um, that have to launch. One it will be sort of like an understanding racism 101. Okay. Um, just as a helpful like jumping off point yep. for people uh yeah and sammy my wife and i are still just 
doing the creative things and living the dream. I love it. Okay, so let's use that as maybe an avenue to walk down for a moment is understanding racism 101. Um, For trailer cast listeners, we've been in a taboo series of learning how to have hard conversations better. And Britt is is truly an expert in that. And so I, I would love to hear whatever you're willing to share with us about like either racism in general, what that looks like in 2020, um, and what people need to know how they can benefit from even understanding or taking racism 101. Yeah. Well, I think um, that's an interesting thing about race. And I'm talking specifically um, in America here, because that's our context. Um, I'm assuming a lot Mm -hmm. of your listeners' context. Um, And so we're not, we're talking in this country, I think racism in 2020 does, it's not actually much different than racism in 1916, in 1956, in 1965, in 1985. Um, we're sort of still trying to tackle the same beast. It takes on different mm. forms, right? As our culture evolves and our, the way we communicate evolves. And, you know, you couldn't be like, that couldn't be racism on social media 50 years ago because there wasn't <laughs> okay. social media, right? But yeah. it's the same ideas that exist that like permeate the different spaces that we occupy. And so um, I don't know. I, I think there's there's a funny thing happening currently in our culture for a lot of different things. Um, a lot of different, uh, I guess, social topics. Um so if you, oh, do you watch Queer Eye? every episode of Eye, every right? season, yeah. Okay. yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, everything, everything about you would have changed if you said no. Uh, the participant that they were focusing on for yeah. the show was trans. And so it was this beautiful episode and showed an experience that a lot of people don't get insight to or have access to hear or see stories like that or to connect with someone who, um, embodies that identity and then there was some backlash because they were like uh, people were saying like it was so 101 it sure. was so basic it was so surface there's so much more than that right and and the the guy was on um, an interview I was watching and he was like yeah it was basic 101 because like yep. Yep. America needs a trans 101 moment like everyone needs everyone needs a 101 moment and like I think the same thing is happening like with race, while we've been dealing with it for so long in our country, we still have patients who are just like, I can't jump in to like, right, right, right. Like, you know what I mean? A definitive history of racist ideas in America. Like I need, yes, I need a, right. a way to enter the conversation that is 101, you know, and you can think that that's fair or not fair or whatever, right. but like that just is where we are. And so it, it um, also like takes the sting yeah. out of people either assuming they know or thinking they have to know in order to engage the conversation. I think there's just a lot of space for a, a racism 101 conversation because I think there's a lot of fear around engaging in the conversation. I think yeah. there's fear of what if I say the wrong thing? Do I already have to know a lot to have this conversation? Yes. What can I say? What can I ask? And mm-hmm. um, I think that fear only keeps sort of that, that system going and able to, to live and exist um, yeah. because we're, we're not connecting. We're not having these understandings. We're not having these conversations. So um, yeah, I'm really, 
I'm really passionate about about that. Oh, yeah. And so why might you be passionate about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, yeah, I guess, <laughs> that's like my, yeah, my whole life, I guess, has been set up for this, been training my whole life for this moment, but um, <laughs> one is just being, so being a person of color, you know, my, my dad's African-American, my mom is Mexican, um, and growing up in Aurora, Colorado, right, which is not known <laughs> Super for diverse. diversity <laughs> in particular, um, it's not known for anything in particular, <laughs> is you know was an experience that, that was really shaped me and my, my parents were very intentional about giving us a strong racial identity and allowing us to connect with that in a very strong way and so i've always been proud to be a woman of color i'm very proud to be black i'm very proud to be mexican and i i see the the power that that has i, I know what that means for the way i move throughout the world mm -hmm. but doing that in a predominantly white environment right was was tricky and difficult um yeah. And so, you know, you just, you start to understand that this, this country that we live in, this, this segregation, this racial divide that, that we exist in, there are people whom I loved, right? Like my yeah. friends and all these things that are like saying these things that they don't even know that are hurtful or doing these things that they don't even realize are like exclusionary and being like, okay, like, but I want to have a conversation about it. Like, I want to figure mm -hmm. out, I want to, I want to, I want to be able to talk about this, you know, and sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't, but, um, and now even, you know, my wife is white. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I've got like a whole white family now Yeah, you, you do. Know, that I love and, and care for deeply. And so it's like, all right, like I want, I don't think, I say this all the time. I don't think it is every person's of every person of color's job to like educate white people about race. Yes. I do not think that in the slightest. However, I do think that it's something I am personally passionate about, and mm -hmm. so I I will take on some of that work. Mm -hmm. um, great because distinction. It, you know, mm -hmm. it means something to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that is a great distinction. That there is a lot of pressure that we'll just say that white people put on people of color to help white people feel more comfortable or understand so they can feel less uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. To be said in a very straightforward manner, not delicately at all. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Totally. So you're, you're saying wife. So there's another aspect of diversity, obviously. And also, yeah. obviously yeah. I know you both. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, pretty, pretty obvious. Yeah. Pretty obvious. Yeah. So an added yeah. layer of all the different ways in which we might understand what is different and how we hold what that even means. What is different and who sees you that way and, and what the world does to make sense of that. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's part of the thing with with race in particular. Right. Because when you talk diversity, it, it, it's, we're talking everything. Right. Yes. Um, but specifically, we're talking race. I think part of the part of the issue is that, and this is part of the issue with a lot of diversity is that the words, the word different, right, is already problematic because yes. it implies that there is a normal. Mm. And then that normal has been monopolized by something that you are not. So if we're talking about people of color as different then that, we're already assuming that white is somehow a norm or a standard, right? right? right. Which is a huge issue 
uh, issue, right, in our country already that like we have built into the fabric that like white is standard, white is normal. And I remember even like in school when I was younger and friends would be like, oh, like, what what are you, racist or something? I'd be like, oh, I'm half black, half Mexican. And they'd be like, I'm just regular. Like, you know, like, it's just like, they're, <laughs> even, even like the, yeah. yeah, the white racial identity is yeah. like, oh, I'm just, I'm just normal. I'm just like everyone um, else. Yes, exactly. Which, and we see that in, that's why like the flesh colored crayon in the box of crayons mm-hmm, reflected mm-hmm. whiteness, the nude tights for gymnastics yeah. and dance class and everything, all that, that reflected whiteness and band-aids that are meant to like blend into your skin that reflected whiteness and Santa Claus and Jesus mm-hmm. and all these people yeah. you're like, wow, okay, there, there is a standard and it's white and everyone else is quote different. Right. Um, which I think is like a fundamental ideology that like layers underneath most of the racism that happens in our country mm-hmm. is based on the idea that people are different. And um, we say this a lot of times at our church, but um, the, the, the minute you begin to other someone, the last domino to fall is violence. Oh. And so the, the, we see things and I talk about things like band-aids and, flesh coat crayons and you tie it to like oh 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 I get it right but <laughs> when you when you take that and you layer it into like our actions and what we see happening then it's like it's not as harsh to think about when you're when you're talking about band-aids but you realize that that's what leads to something like Trayvon Martin mm-hmm. being killed because yeah. he looks quote suspicious right um, because it's other it's different it's scary it's suspicious and now we have people who are experiencing violence who are losing their lives who are being treated um differently and unfairly because we've set this standard of normalcy around whiteness that should have never been there. Damn, that's powerful too. And also then I'm hearing back into the reason we have racism 101 is because people can barely get their heads around not being offended around why band-aids are a big deal, but we can't even go near Trayvon Martin or what's actually going on in regards to like the like violence in our country right now. Totally. Right. These are like such like hot button issues and everyone is taking us like I feel like everyone is is, you know, something racist will happen in our country and everyone will pick a side of it and stand around it. And what I'm saying is let's literally go back to 1619 because the same ideas like that fundamentally were shaping the foundations of this country and the way we were going to treat black and brown people mm-hmm. are still permeating. It's not about the specific nuances of like pick a side right. on Trayvon Martin, pick a side about Michael Brown, pick right. a side about this thing that happened, right? We're saying like, do you see the thread that is woven into the very fabric of this country that has set a standard for white as normal and good? And how that might be problematic for anyone who's not that, right? <laughs> okay, so literally, what if people listening are like, wait, what do you mean? Like, what if people mm-hmm. don't see that? They're like, wait, what? Yeah, um, take my course. Yeah, I <laughs> well, Because we almost have yeah. to see the problem and we have to be affected in some way to realize, wait, I need to take that course. Yeah. Otherwise, well, it, it, they won't. Yeah, and, and so I think we're at the point in in our in our country where we have access to information um at the very least yes so much and you realize that there is in fact a divide like the fact that if you ask some people is racism real and some people like say yes and some people will say no like okay well like that's worth investigating yes right like there are 
there are people who are saying this. There are there are whole movements um, saying Black Lives Matter, and I and I think our our responses to those things don't need to be like, well, everyone matters. It's like, well, why are they saying that? Correct. Right? Yeah. Like we need a lot more curiosity, and um, you know, I think. James Baldwin has this quote that I quote all the time and love. And he said, um, I imagine the reason people cling so tightly to hate is that they fear once the hate is gone, they'll be forced to deal with the pain. Um, I know. And, and I, I think there's a lot of people that don't even want to get into the conversation about race because they're scared that racism might be real. Um, they're scared that they may have benefit from the system. And if they benefit from the right. system, what does that mean? Right. If white privilege is actually a thing and they're white, what does that mean for, you know, the hard work that they've done in their life? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so scary to even engage in that conversation. And so we pretend like it's not happening. We just dig our heels deeper to the sand. Um, when the reality is, it's like, no, some of that's the, that's the shit we need to deal with that's if we're right. going to move forward in this conversation. Right. At the very least, like get curious. Yes. You know? So we're so pain avoidant in our culture like that oh, yes. to to go into pain is like antithetical like way of being American. Like it's like we do anything <laughs> yeah. we can to not. Um, yes. <laughs> and I'm an Enneagram 7 American. I love happy days. I'm like, oh shit. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah. But at the same day, it's like, at the same point, it's like, you either have to, and this is what I've learned, like, go into that pain mm-hmm. if you ever want to see that kind of transformation and change. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's something that, like, I think, ultimately, I try to help people understand, if you have any reaction to it at all, any reaction, then there's an invitation to explore what that reaction is and how it was formed. So, when we say words like black, like white, white privilege, um, l- like any like racism in America right now, if we say Trump's America, if we, when we say those things and you feel mm-hmm. nothing, then there's a sense of either you're super checked out or you're actually OK in that conversation because those things don't charge you because you know where you stand in relationship to them. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, oh, shit, it's about to go down then you know those things are charged for a reason and they're charged in you. So we need to explore that. Yeah, totally. And I think there's, you know, there's, there's uncomfortability in that, but at the same time, it's like, there's no, the good things in life, the good change, the good evolution, all the good things happen um, because we're willing to go into that stuff. That's right. Um, And go in well. This is like, what I I watch I'll watch people go in and sometimes I'm like okay so one of my kids was like well all of my kids were super hefty but one was a <laughs> was large and in charge toddler and watching him do anything gracious is like I'm like oh mercy um I feel like that's the way people walk into conversations sometimes and I'm like we've got to be better than chubby Judah navigating like the threading a needle like we have to be better than that so totally <laughs> like there's like we were just talking about this the other night Our- Ariel was saying like it's like when you have little kids and they see a baby mm. and they just grab they just grab mm. it like mm. reach for it like mm. 
and you're like whoa hey gentle like you have to be gentle like I feel like that's we're always telling kids like be gentle like oh my god you can't grab a baby by the arm and believe it or not right yeah yeah Um, we teach people though exactly It's it's the same thing in these conversations especially people who are I mean, even if you're listening to this podcast now and you're like, I'm so sick of hearing this shit, uh-huh. it's like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's be gentle with those those feelings and maybe people and like, let's get a little empathy. And, yeah. and I mean, we, we have, like, we literally have people saying like, stop killing us. And people are like, ugh. I'm so tired like, of this. Complainers. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? You know, right. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, this also feels like proximity to me so sometimes it's it's either you're some people can be too close to it that they're flooded and they don't know and so they need some space like you need to give the baby some space okay or Mm -hmm. you're so far away that you can't even see that that baby's cute so you've no draw to even get near and yeah we're either sometimes so close and blinded by a situation (laughs) we're unable to actually see it accurately for what it is and we want to watch our proximal distance to an issue that has charge where we either say I don't care or whatever it is like, wait, that's a human response. You might need to get a little closer. Yeah. And I, and I think this gets trickier with like social media where you can, if you want mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you can curate an entire life that mm-hmm. is just an echo chamber yeah. of what you think. Like, yeah. so you can, you can go deep dive into what you believe people you support and you can follow them all on social media. Then you can go deep dive into your favorite news station and watch the news that you want. And all you're doing is confirming your own bias. bias. And I think it's, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's important to like take a break from literally all of it. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Like literally like I'm a, I, you know, I tell Samuel all the time. I'm like, I, I don't follow on like Instagram any news like outlets or something because I'm like I need to be specific when I'm like I'm going to check the news I'm going to see what's going on in the news I don't just need to be like bombarded um by like hey oh my gosh my friends are pregnant oh my gosh this very tragic thing (laughs) happened oh my gosh wow they moved oh my god like you know what I mean like it's like we we have to find our own practices that are going to allow us to literally be empathetic humans yes. and not just like robots who are yes. like you know creating just, our own reality reality yeah. yeah yeah or we're just churning through people's actual lives like it's news where it's like totally we, we should be overwhelmed by social media because it is too mm-hmm. damn much there yeah you see how many people can you scroll through and take in all of the, that's too much we at some point yeah. we're dehumanizing that square and making it mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah, even like you know this. I was telling Sammy yesterday. I was like, it's so wild with like Kobe Bryant and his oh. daughter, oh. and in I was sitting there and like I had a big I had like a gap yesterday between um, when we got back from church and then I had to at another event and I was like okay I need to eat lunch I need to take a nap and I need to like you know yep do these things and instead I spent like legitimately I'm just if I'm being completely honest like two full hours yeah just like looking at all the posts like reading all the things yeah um and it was wild because I like and I would tell myself I'm like hey beans you gotta stop (laughs) 
Yeah, right, right, <laughs> you like right, literally right. need to stop. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come back. Um, and I like couldn't. And then yeah. you know, I went to the event, and and we ended up talking about it Good. because you know it's obviously. And I was like, you know, there's something you get out of the squares, like you get out of the posts, mm-hmm. you get out of the things, and you realize that like we're in a city that is marked by it's like perpetual sunshine mm-hmm. and it's overcast and everyone's sad. And yeah. I think there's like, we need to acknowledge that and sit in that. And yeah. like, it was this like reminder of like, Hey, we're, we're, we're having a collective experience. Yep. Like I don't need to be on my phone for two hours, like going deep into these things. Like this is a tragic day it for is. LA. Like our city is mourning. And that's a thing that we as humans get to do together. And that's like, it's true. Uh, a, a beautiful reminder of like we yeah. it's not always sunshine and when it's not sunshine we don't just have to go like deep into a in our bed crack lights off yeah like going into social media it's <laughs> like we get to connect with people and be like man this is a tragic day for LA like what does this mean to you like what are you feeling like we're all feeling it and it's like shit you know like nothing is nothing is right. hit LA mm-hmm. like you know or people like this like um I think in a really long time and it's like pay attention you know pay attention this is a very human experience we're all having it's the most human experience right I mean yeah yeah I oh death I think death is our most human experience ironically Mm -hmm. I think that to watch that like yeah like it is a wake up yeah (sighs) I still am feeling the reverberation of how do I even do you do with that 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 loss that and to a person who we, I don't know, but I know his contribution to the sport. I understand him in relationship to others, but like, it's a fucking tragedy. It is. And that's, and that's the thing. It's like, I think we, the, the weird spot to be in, right. Especially in a city like LA is that we don't have anything to do with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just, it's true grief. And it's like, yeah. Yes. Wow. You know, what a, what a, what a unifying moment. Yeah. You can't yeah. do a think piece of like five things that could, you know, it's like, no, no, we don't want any of that. No, we no don't want that. that shit. No, you this want to hurt. the time. It's That's like, right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I was like rapid fire cycling through all the different stages of grief yesterday. Like, that's not true. That's not true. That's a Facebook. That, that's fake news. <laughs> oh like, my gosh. This, yeah. I denied it. Yeah. a decent amount of time yeah i was like no. tmz yeah ex- i think you i'm like there's no way tmz yeah. is first on this action there's no way I yeah for sure it was heresy um and then it was like no one is well no one escapes death elise like i just got like real serious with myself like at least at least you know everyone's gonna die i'm like yeah but it doesn't take away the pain of the fact that it's terrible the death is terrible ah <sighs> so much we can go down the kobe hole for a long time yeah i know um, i know i gotta yeah, gotta get out. Yeah. Okay. Let's pull back. Pull back. Um, okay. So, <laughs> Beans, I want to have a million conversations with you. So, um, can would you be willing to talk about some of the civil rights trips um, experiences you've led people on? Because I think that I could just weep hearing about those experiences. But really, like, what are they? What's the point? What have you led people mm-hmm. into and through, and why? Yeah, so um, it was an idea that I came up with when I was like way too young to have the amount of responsibility <laughs> I did at a job and um, working out of college. And um, 
the idea was like I uh, so the on the first trip I led like at that point in my life like I had been I hadn't really been to the south like I had been to Mississippi once when I was eight years old to visit my dad's grandma um my great grandma and Mm -hmm. like that was it and so I had just become obsessed with the civil rights movement in America because it it like not only is it foundationally important to our country and how protests and resistance like was birthed in a, in a new way you have some of the most profound leaders coming out of it you have you know Fannie Lou Hamer and Malcolm X you have mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr you have Rosa Parks you have Stokely Carmichael you have Byron Rustin you have all these people um concentrated into this like 10 year yeah. period of time yeah. you know like and so I was like you know started researching it and I had just been reading a ton about it and then I realized like holy my god and like people who weren't killed during that time you know people who were a part of the movement yeah. um and didn't lose their lives are still alive and they're like <laughs> not that old like you yeah. know what i feel yes. like this yeah. is like because we're talking about ni- the 60s so right. we're like whoa um and so i was like man what if we got in a van and we like traced the steps of the freedom riders and we just interviewed people, like visited the sites, visited museums, and um, we did. So I got like 10 college students in like a 12 passenger van, which, you know, in LA, you have to have like a special license for, but like so if you're real. in Birmingham, you literally, you do not need anything. They'll give you a 10 passenger van. You don't even have to ask, um, you don't have to, have, you know, show any ID. And um, so we get in this car when we, when we go. And we, we go, you know, Little Rock, Memphis, Jackson, Selma, Montgomery, you know, and Birmingham. And um, we, we have some interviews and it, it was, it was the wildest thing. And, and this, this, I mean, ties back to like, you know, our country's um, history with race is that there was a 13 students who integrated the Memphis school system. They were known as the Memphis 13. Yeah. Um, and I like saw a documentary on them and like, it wasn't, you know, the documentary was only a few years old. So I, you know, wrote down the names, like found one of them and she worked as a like, um, janitorial staff at the university of Memphis. She would clean, clean the dorms. And so I called like the housing office and I was like, Hey, I'd like to set up an interview. Um, with this person and the guy was like what like you know and I'm like yeah she was one of the first 13 students to integrate the Memphis school system and they were like what and so yeah and so she you know we eventually got her to call and she was like I can meet you on my lunch break so we're I mean we all pile into this conference room on her lunch break her boss ends up sitting in because he had no idea and um and it's it just things like that like most of the people we met and interviewed I mean they're not memorialized or um you know they're 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 living these lives and and it was it was it was beautiful and painful and hard and powerful and I mean I was like a wreck for like two weeks after I got back from the first trip but I was like man I gotta do that again you know I got it again and and every time I think like man I know a lot about civil rights and then like I learned something wild like and then, you know, you meet people. We we randomly, one time in Little Rock, we went to the spot for lunch that we had just, like, yelped, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> good southern food. And there's a place called Smitty's 
barbecue. Um, it was amazing. And Smitty, the guy, happened to be there who owned it. And he was only one of two businesses that survived yeah. the Civil Rights Act um, oh my in the 60s. God. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, so he sat down and told us his story about it. And um, it's a way to just, like, truly, like, dive into the living history. There's, yes. you know, this. Yes. I, I could do this trip for, uh, you know, the rest of my life. But the reality is, like, I'll do this trip for 10 more years with these people. Um, yeah. And that's a yeah. very special thing. So it opens yes. up good conversation. And it, and, it does. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I think, one of the best things I've ever done and get to do. Um, yeah. It's so it, there's we're back at proximal distance again it's like when you are in that moment in that space it, inhabiting that that time and that story and that person in front of you in flesh mm-hmm. and it's it's a different it's a different awareness right. a different wake up like i can tell you like black people didn't have the right to vote like deep into our like history you know and i can say yeah. that and you're like okay well Okay. But when we're like yeah, walking nice. across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma and we're walking mm. across that bridge and we're saying like the first march couldn't happen because the police ambushed, right? The the marchers with John Lewis. And then the second march yeah. didn't happen because Dr. King knelt down to pray and was like, this isn't right because there was an ambush waiting for him on the other side. It took three marches to even get that. And that march, you know, was for the right to vote. And, um, right. and that bridge... Right, with that iconic bridge yep, in Selma yes. is literally still named after a KKK leader. That's who Edmund Pettus was. And so you're like, man, you Ooh. you wanna you you wanna believe that we have taken these huge strides and we can move past these things, but at the same time when you're walking on cement that like mm. man, mm. you know, it's yeah, it's a different yeah. it's it's just different, you know. And I think that's the point. Like I, the idea of also being led there by someone who is capable of holding that, I think is also incredibly admirable because this is part of like when people don't know what to do. So they throw themselves headlong into like, Oh, I, I, I need to go pick up this cause or I need to go, you know, become a martyr to the system. I need mm-hmm. to go learn everything. And it's like, okay, well, um, okay, careful. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's go through this with a guide and somebody who understands how to, hold these conversations and make room for for the variety of your emotions that are, that are going to come up denial and fear and anger a rejection of your own whiteness mm-hmm. a, a fear of what that even means a despair ugliness hate like it all comes up because it's it should it's got to come up yeah it's it's just it's life it's a part of the process you know and and that's you know at the end of the trip or at the end of any training i do or anything people are always like okay what do i do you know, mm. and I'm always like, man, girl, you tell me you're, you're yeah. the only one living your life. You're the only one raising your kids. You're the only one who's going to be at that Thanksgiving table with your aunt Betty, who's going to say something yep. racist. And you're the only one who's going to decide whether or not you're willing to confront it. You're the only one right. who is going to see, you know what I mean? Like you're the, you're yes. the only one in your unique situation. So I can't tell you what to do. I'm trying yeah. to help you get a better understanding of what's happening. Now you have to take that to your own life and be like, okay, I think for me, this means X, Y, Z for my kids softball. To, you know, I don't know. I literally don't know. Yes. I, I don't, I'm living yes. my life. I'm just, you know, like, um, that's right. Which is, you know, been a helpful sort of framework for people. It's like, you know, you're not going to leave here right. with like one, two, three, how to end 
how to fix everything. Um, no. you're, Otherwise it would have been done. <laughs> right. And I'd be right, so right? rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's there's, I, I love the, the innocence of that response. Like, Oh my gosh, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And you can almost hear that reverberated through all different movements in history. Like even like the people that were following Jesus, like, yes, let's do it. Let's, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And it's like, hold, hold, like, to some people, go bury your dead. To some people, like, sell everything and let's cruise. Like, yeah. it, this, it depends. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you? Where's your point of access or leadership? What do you, what's within you? What do you want your voice, contribution? What is it What is it for you? What strikes you? What moves you? Yeah. What do you have access to? Yeah. The, as a, I'm going to speak as a parent for a second there, what has come to our attention is if we don't have a real person we really know that's actually a friend that um, that we could sit when they say, hey, what is this? Or, or who, who is what is black? Because we just had Martin Luther King Jr. Day. What mm-hmm. does that mean? It's like if we can't point to a real person we know who is sat at our table, then we're probably not sitting at a table of diversity where everybody is included. Yeah. And we don't want to say, hey, let's look up a picture on Google of what African-American is. Like, <laughs> yeah. These are, right? Like, these are gay people. Mm-hmm. This is a choice. It's like, no, we need to sit for our belief in our family. Our table must represent everyone so that our kids aren't confused on identifying objects, but they know it through the context of story and real people that we love. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's it's so funny, like, being gay and and a part of a a church you know a pastor to church Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes when people like will ask like this you know this is back in the day when I still entertained people's weird questions but um (laughs) you know like what you know what do you do about the kids or how do you explain to kids I'm like kids literally don't care I mean they could give an f like they're like oh being the same you're married like oh you have a pool oh I want to come over like it's not like like the most interesting thing about us to every kid we know is that we have a pool um and that's just like because that's what's interesting (laughs) to kids you know like yes is some thing they can play with like it's not um but like there's you know so I think it's people people don't give kids or adults I think enough credit for the ways that that they're able to change and evolve and grow. And if we were, I think, less scared of that, we'd be a much better society for it. You know, we, kids like grow and change and evolve and we're cheering them on every step of the way. And then at some point they become adults and they're like, dear God, do not change. Do not change your beliefs. Mm -hmm. Do not change what you think. Do not change anything about you. I need you to stay stagnant. That will keep me comfortable. And we can go about our our merry way. Mm it's so real it's I learned so much from my kids ability to see things and just see them without being told what they're supposed to see when they look at it mm-hmm. um, yeah our kids um specifically remember Barkley I feel like Barkley is a big hit at our yes, house um, yes about Barkley often having um, a dog in a pool man I mean kids love us kid <laughs> magnet yeah well I ironically and this is kind of funny uh, we would so we baptized <laughs> oh yeah our, our our son in your jacuzzi uh-huh. um when we weren't even sure what we where we even stood on the idea of like baptism and church and where are we at in this and then we're at your house and isaac asked if he could be baptized <laughs> and we were like, this is the fun this is perfect yes 
That was, was a perfect. great moment. I literally remember that. It was it was also one of my top spiritual experiences for like twenty nineteen. Oh my gosh, I to, love it so to much. be there, right? Yeah, but kids like you don't have to teach. I don't know. I, I can go on and on about the idea of like what we have to unlearn things as adults. There's not many things we have to learn our kids. Like they they get it. They're not concerned. Yeah, <laughs> like no, they don't. The- and and we could we could take no from that. I was just telling someone the other day and I, I, I read about this a lot in the book but like this idea that like there there used to be there used to be someone I needed to like defend myself to like it was whether it was a teacher I need to prove that I learned something a principal I had to ask them if I go to the bathroom that the president in my university like that's whose hand I needed I need a handshake to get my degree and I had to like all of these people that like I had to sort of defend myself to, or I had to, you know, prove something to. And like, I don't think little kids have that. And I don't think we need to have it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, someone asked me recently, like, how do you justify like your, your actions or something? And I was like, I don't Ooh. like to who <laughs> I don't even know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, why do I need to, yeah. Like we're acting yeah. like we haven't graduated and we're like working for someone's like mm. approval, but I'm like, who's like, who, who's like, who, who could ever matter that much that you are willing to like not change or grow or evolve or be silly or be dumb or be curious or say the wrong thing or learn a new thing or do like whose approval matters that much that you would like risk truly getting to experience what it means to live and be human for like yeah. justification sake, because they're gonna ask you to defend yourself, and in which case you say, "Fuck off," <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I don't know, like you know, we're yeah, your favorite line. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's It's so interesting because I think, um, that response is so perfect because it invites people to ask that to their own question, right? Ask that question to themselves. Like, whoa. Because we don't realize that that's what we're waiting for, some cosmic approval, and, until we see someone kind of break the rules and live into their own freedom where we're like, oh, I didn't know that was an option. Yeah, we and... can just do that. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I was just talking to a friend last night who is, you know, on that journey of like, was super Christian, now is questioning everything. Mm-hmm. And um, she was saying that... Um, she's been telling her spiritual director like I'm just so confused I'm so confused I'm so confused and he was like I think you need to stop saying that like um yeah. you're not confused you have clarity um and she was just saying she was like if I'm being honest like I have a lot of clarity and I know what I think yeah I just I'm afraid to say these things there we go you know yeah. because that's the clarity yeah. that I have the life I want to live like I don't know how people are going to respond to it and that's the stuff that's that real. keeps us so small. Like mm-hmm, that's the keep, mm-hmm. stuff that keeps us afraid to engage in conversations about race. That's the stuff that keeps us in the closet. That's the stuff that keeps us at churches. And we haven't believed what they've preached for 19 years. You know, that's, yep. that's all the things that keep us living in scarcity mentality and fear when it's like, you know, who you want to be, you know, what mm. that person looks like, mm. you know, that freedom you want. And you actually, you, Take me to church. you know what I mean? Like, you're just afraid to <laughs> yes. say it. You're afraid to live it because you don't want people right. to what? Talk about you? Like, come on. That's the worst that can happen. Like, <laughs> we're in good shape. They're all ready. Yeah. yeah. That is, it's, you're, you're right. It's, we will tell ourselves a story on repeat because 
but it's not you're right it's not confusion maybe i'm afraid Mm -hmm. maybe i'm I'm torment because i don't i don't like the way this feels Mm -hmm. um maybe i'm stuck but i'm definitely not confused yeah that's at a different part of the journey confusion leads us to curiosity that can lead us into some clarity and then clarity actually sucks and i feel like people don't talk about that enough either where once i see and I can't unsee, well, that's when I need to decide what the hell I'm about to do. Am I going to stay complicit? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to say, fuck off? Yeah. This is the truth, and I can't make it smaller or more convenient for you, and I won't. I won't. Well, I mean, that's to bring it full circle. I feel like that's what I sat on your couch for years and told you. Yep. I yep. don't know what to do. Yep. I don't know what to do. And, you know, and you're I think you were like, I think you do, you know, because it was like, yeah, I I know. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Like what I didn't want to say was like, I'm afraid of the risk. Like I'm afraid of the cost. I am unsure if I'm the kind of person who will be strong enough to like stand after this, like, and and that's the conversation then that we need to have. It's not like, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's like, you're sure. You're sure, damn it. You're sure. Yeah. And you're afraid. Yeah. So be afraid. Yes. Um, yes. And then have a conversation about what to do with that fear. Yeah. And we're not going to make risk smaller. Like, I, yeah. I think there's an error, a thought error there, too. Sometimes we're like, well, let's just reduce the risk. No, the risk is probably even going to be greater than we realize, but so are we. Totally. Which is like what I say, you know, this is another thing I talk about in the book. I'm like, fear is like real. I'm not trying to say like, hey, like, here's how to like overcome. It's like, no, everything I was afraid of when I came out literally yeah. happened. happened. <laughs> like, yeah. it actually yeah, totally. happened. Like, yeah, like, I was like, I can vouch for you. Yes. It did. It all happened. It all happened. Yes. And here I am, you know, mm. um, and that's, yes. that's, that's now what I get to engage with when I have fears or something. It's not to say like, no, I bet that won't happen. It's that might happen and I'll, and I might be okay um mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. you know which is a, just a different it's a different conversation that's the conversation I just want people to have so badly is like yeah. don't first of all don't pretend like nothing bad's ever gonna happen because like I I did that it, and is. it didn't work but um but god you gotta know your strength and your resiliency and what what can come of that you know the also as a witness on this observer to be able to watch your freedom, your joy, the doors that have opened, the way the world has expanded, like, like things have just gotten bigger, better, brighter, more like it's, I would (laughs) suffice it to say, what did you lose except for that small snow globe of an experience in exchange for the real deal? Totally. No, I'm like, fully living into that, you know, and that's, and that's just a hard thing, because you don't know until you know, like, that's right. You know, you don't know until you're like, yeah. oh my God, there was a, you know, like we, we say this all the time yeah. with like a, an understanding of God is we think it's a cup. Someone handed us a cup and we're like, okay, this is God. And then we don't know what to do that cup and it feels so small. So we throw it away thinking it's, we're going to lose it all. And we're like, there was a table here the whole time holding up the cup, <laughs> you know? And then you're like, the table gets too small. You throw it out. You're like, it was in a room the whole time you know but like when you're in that moment that cup is everything and you know the world I had and the view I had of life and what was possible was so small and I didn't even know it yeah and it's yeah it's the cave allegory over and over and over again yeah and are we trading substance for shadow Mm -hmm. and the only person who will suffer that is the person who still commits to the darkness yes 
So, yeah. <sighs> so I'm glad we're over here talking about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, happy people are listening. Yeah. <laughs> What's over here? Like, yeah, how do we um, get there? Oh my gosh, I love it. But that's like, this is my hope and heart is that people would listen to people traverse conversations and just go where it needs to go. And the people would listen and be like, Oh, so those are words and feelings and thoughts and things I didn't know or already knew. And maybe some more things for me to think about. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, what other questions that I have thoughts? Um, I want to go super morbid, if that's okay. Oh, okay. Well, if you're going to do it, I mean. (laughs) I'm going to do it. I'm going to push on you for a sec. Um, What has been strange, we're going to go back to Kobe, actually, is Kobe made me stop to say, what's the point of it all? Like, what's the fucking point? Mm -hmm. Like, and I go back and forth between people who are able to like make their impact and enjoy it mm-hmm. or people like what's what's the point what's the what's the meaning right and so I did this deep existential dive so um what do you what's the point for you like what's the point of your life do mm-hmm. you think small question oh man I know well what's funny is like you know Kobe passing yesterday and so today I'm wearing my my Nipsey my Nipsey Hustle sweater because I'm like, man, like it, it's you know Sam and I have been talking so much about like energy, um, yes, the energy that we put into the world, the way that that gets picked up and can be ran with, and um, you know I have no idea about so what happens when you die. I don't you know, um. But I, I, I don't know. I have some ideas and I have some things that bring me great comfort. And my grandmother, who I was very, very close to, passed away um, 13 years ago, which is nuts. And, um, yeah, I have a hummingbird tattoo on my body because she used to love that and had a hummingbird feeder. And, and every time mm. I see one, I think, like, man, I'm getting a little bit of that energy from her. Like, she's she's yeah. showing up for me. And, um I think that good energy like persists in the world. And so I think the point of it all, the point of my life from exclusively my perspective um, yes. is I think to bring as much of that energy in the world. I want to bring, I want to bring so much of what I want to persist long after I'm gone um, mm-hmm. because I think it, it will. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that's on a larger scale in the work that I get to do or in the most practical way to my wife, you know, I'm like, right. we, yes. and you know, this is something I think we're, we're good at that. I, I love is we, we don't sit too long in shit that doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and I think that's, yeah, what I want to bring to my marriage, what I want to bring to the world, what I'm bringing to my life is just, I want to bring the kind of energy that if it persisted after I was gone, people would be happy about it, you know, better for it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes. I like that. And I like, I like the, 
my observation is the macro and the micro detail of it, the macro impact of, I want people to know that good existed in me and that I was for the world being better. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that meant me loving Sammy with my whole fucking heart in front of whoever. Yes. (laughs) Or in the quiet of our home, in the backyard, in our pool, Barkley, and that this was the good life and that that energy persists. persists. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yes. Oh, wow. It feels good to hear you and just to get to to continue to just champion you from (laughs) from the sideline. I just love I love watching you and I love watching you be free and I love watching you be you. And I just can't even imagine a world where you weren't able to be just who you are and the way you offer your gift so fully back to the rest of us. So thank you. Well, you are such an important part of that. You know, so, you know, that's, and that's like, that's what's crazy about the world, right? It's like, there's, yeah, it is. You know, we're so different because we met, and that's amazing. Mm. God, it is amazing. There's so much like, beautiful potential energy in that, like, to think of like all the people we have yet to meet and to encourage and to free and to move towards meaningful action. Yeah. So good. Okay. Um, what about a website or Instagram? What do you? Where do you want people um, to go and be like, "Hey, I like her." Come see me. <laughs> just come to my house. My address is perfect. Um, Get in my van. Yeah, um, you can find me on the gram at Brit Baron one T two R's, um, or at BritBaron dot com. Um, that's actually really it. <laughs> cool. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And my maybe for people listening that this would be the beginning of a just thoughts and or questions or feelings and that before you shut them down you would get more of that like get get more upset or or get more bored and may that apathy lead to like a giant awakening like whatever Mm -hmm. but but to go towards the more so that way we can engage in conversations that need to happen and like you would say to the people that have gone on those trips with you to say like well what are you gonna do yeah what's within you so yes that's all Uh, we'll do this again in real time yes (laughs) (laughs) um thank you thanks Thanks for listening. To connect with me, suggest a topic for the show, or ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered, email me at elise at trailercast.com. E-L-Y-S-E at trailercast.com. You can also see more on the TrailerCast website or follow me on Instagram at TrailerCast, where you can watch the renovation of my vintage mobile office and see more from behind the scenes. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.